What is up Solo Cups? My name is John Solo and I'm just gonna say it, nursery rhymes are weird as hell. We've got one about some bridge falling down, one about a girl who brings a lamb to school, another one featuring a black sheep that didn't have quite enough wool to go around. But in my opinion, what makes these rhymes so weird is not just the random subject matter, but the missing context. Why was the London Bridge falling down? Who was Mary with the little lamb? Why was the black sheep so selective with who received his wool? These are the questions that we answer here on Messed Up Origins, or at the very least, we try to. And as bizarre as some of the previous episodes have been, I think today's topic, Three Blind Mice, may take the cake. Because how does a song like this get written? Whose muse whispered into their ear and said, hey, you should write a song about three blind rodents chasing a woman around her house. People will sing that for centuries. It's a ridiculous idea, but that's exactly what happened. And I bet you that 90% of you watching this right now could recite the whole song, even if you haven't heard it in years. But what's even more ridiculous is that a horrendous real life event may have inspired this children's song. Queen Mary I's execution of three Protestant priests known as the Oxford Martyrs. Chapter one, the rhyme. So like everything else we talk about on this channel, whether it be a fable, a myth, or a nursery rhyme, Three Blind Mice has had a few different variations over the years. I'm honestly kind of relieved to report that it has the fewest variants of the rhymes that we've covered recently, both in terms of lyrics and the melody, but the differences are pretty interesting. The modern variant that most people sing goes like this. Three Blind Mice, Three Blind Mice, See How They Run. See how they run. They all ran after the farmer's wife who cut off their tails with a carving knife. Did you ever see such a sight in your life as three blind mice? Is it just me or does that kind of slap? Now, unlike our last episode on Ring Around the Rosie, there's only one way to interpret these lyrics. Three blind mice are chasing a farmer's wife around her house and she cuts off their tails. That's pretty much it. The second variant, which is a few decades older than the modern one, but almost identical, minus the two repeating lines and the use of thing instead of sight, can only be interpreted in the same way. But when it comes to the oldest variant, I have no idea what story this thing is trying to tell. It was first published back in 1609 in a little book of melodies called Deuter Omelia, or the second part of Music's Melody, and was edited by the English musician Thomas Ravenscroft. Since he was the editor and not the author, we can't be certain the lyrics are of his creation, but he was the guy who gave the final stamp of approval, which means he could have made some alterations. I've gotta say though, with how unintelligible the last line is, I think Homie could have been better at his job. Three blind mice, three blind mice, Dame Julian, Dame Julian. The miller and his merry old wife, she scrapped her trip like thou the knife. Like I said, no idea what that means, especially that last line, but we'll talk about possible interpretations in the theory section. You may have also noticed that this variant is a bit shorter than the modern version, and also the melody is a bit different and really slow. Did that make anyone else depressed or just me? I don't know about you, but whenever I sang the song, it was a bit more upbeat than that. This version literally sounds like it would play at a funeral. Chapter two, the untold story. So now you've heard both the new and old versions of Three Blind Mice, but have you ever heard the complete version? See, when the rhyme made its debut in Ravenscroft's melody book, it was not considered a children's song. 
go figure. It actually didn't make its debut in children's literature until the 1840s, when James Hollowell Phillips published his collection of nursery rhymes and fairy tales. About 62 years after that, in 1904, John W. Ivamy wrote a much lengthier version of the story that follows the three blind mice on a series of hilarious misadventures, and since we have the time, I thought we could look at it. It opens by introducing us to three small mice who are bored at home, so they leave for adventure with only a comb. These three bold mice went to an inn, but the owner said they couldn't sleep there, probably because it was a health code violation. So they slept in a field instead. After subjecting themselves to the elements, these three bold mice became three cold mice, and these descriptors keep on changing throughout the story. The cold mice then turn into hungry mice, but they can't find any food and become starved mice. Then after a farmer gives them some bread and cheese, they're three glad mice until the farmer's wife discovers them and runs out to get the cat. After that, the three poor mice get so scared that they jump out the window and into the bushes to escape. But unfortunately for them, that bush had thorns and poked out their eyes, which turned them into the three blind mice that we know and love. But their story does not end there, my friends. After the blind mice chase around the farmer's wife and have their tails cut off with a carving knife, there's an epilogue. The blind mice go to a pharmacist who gives them medicine to grow back their eyes and tails. And after they recover, the mice realize that life is wandering vagabonds is far too dangerous and they need some stability. They go on to learn a trade, wood chip making apparently, start families and live happily ever after. And as cute of a story as that is, I've got to call out this bullshitty last line. The dude needed something that rhymed with three proud mice. And you know what he came up with? If you call upon them, ring the bell three times twice. Garbage, absolutely garbage line. First off, no one says six like that. Even in 1904, when people talk like cartoons, no one says six like that. And the illustrator clearly agreed with me because he drew a little sign over the doorbell to clarify what it meant. Though he also drew the mice looking pretty pissed, which is weird because the guy at the door is just following the rule they made. Why would they be angry about that? What's that? You don't care about the drawing at all and just want to move on to the part where we talk about the story being inspired by three priests who were burned at the stake? Fine, I guess that'd be more interesting. I'll save my opinions about obscure nursery rhymes written 100 years ago for Gunther. He actually listens. Chapter 3, The Oxford Martyrs. So before we get into the theory, I want to make one thing absolutely clear. It's only a theory. It has not been proven, and there's actually some pretty solid evidence against it, at least in my opinion. That being said, if you Google the origins of three blind mice, the explanation that pops up 99% of the time will be Queen Mary the first execution of the Oxford Martyrs. So I want to explain what went down there and why people think the rhyme and the event are connected. So a little history lesson on Queen Mary may be in order, unless you've watched my episode on the origins of Bloody Mary recently then you'd be all caught up. This all went down in the 1500s, starting when Mary was just a princess and her father, King Henry VIII, desperately wanted a son to inherit his throne when he passed away. While he adored his daughter at first, he got frustrated with her mother, Catherine, because she couldn't seem to produce a boy. As a result, Henry wanted a divorce from Catherine, but the Catholic Church wouldn't allow it, so he dumped them, declared himself the head of the Reformed Church of England, dumped his wife, and married someone else. It took some time and another wife or two, but Henry finally got his son, Edward VI. But wow, was he the perfect son for Henry. The two of them were religious fanatics and enjoyed many father-son bonding moments when persecuting the Catholics. King Henry eventually died in 1547, and at the age of nine, Prince Edward stepped up to the throne. 
but his reign didn't last very long. He died of tuberculosis <laughs> only a few years later at the age of 15, and it was at this point in 1553 that Mary's turn to play finally came. Soon after taking over, Queen Mary had to cleanse her kingdom of all the Protestant scum that her misguided father and brother put into power, as well as the lowly citizens who wouldn't conform to her Catholic beliefs. Only a year after her ascension, she signed an order that led to the Marian persecutions, where an estimated 240 men and 60 women were sentenced as Protestants and burned at the stake. Gotta love that male privilege. About a year into this cleanse is when the murder of the Oxford martyrs took place. These martyrs were each Protestant priests. Their names were Hugh Latimer, Nicholas Ridley, and Thomas Cranmer, and each of them played a role in the country's reformation, especially Archbishop Thomas Cranmer. He was a staunch supporter of King Henry when he wanted to annul his marriage with Mary's mother, and he promoted many of the king's reforms after they left the Catholic Church. Each of the priests was tried and sentenced to death faster than you could say three blind mice, so methinks it wasn't what you'd call a fair trial. Two of them, Latimer and Ridley, were both executed on October 16th, 1555, and Cranmer was executed five months later on March 21st, 1556. Chapter 4, The Theory now, how did this event turn into three blind mice? I'd say the best explanation of the theory can be found in a book called Pop Goes the Weasel, The Secret Meanings of Nursery Rhymes. Full disclosure, I would not recommend this book to anyone interested in nursery rhymes because the author spouts these theories like they're proven fact when there's no way to verify them, and he doesn't cite nearly enough of his sources. Some of you may remember I actually criticized the same book in the premiere of my folklore series because it includes a verifiably false explanation for the origin of Humpty Dumpty. That being said, even though it's definitely not made clear enough that this is just a theory, the author, Albert Jack, does explain it pretty well. To put it as simply as possible, Queen Mary is the farmer's wife, a nickname she may have earned because her husband, King Philip, owned numerous country estates. The blind mice chasing her around may be a reference to the religious reforms that those priests put into place to punish Catholics like Mary. Their blindness could refer to two things. One, the unverifiable theory that the priests may have been tortured and blinded during the imprisonment leading up to their execution, or two, their spiritual blindness, which is exemplified by their choice to follow Protestantism. The mice having their tails cut off with a carving knife, I pray is not code for something else being cut off. The generally accepted interpretation is that it refers to them being burnt at the stake, which is still morbid, but preferable, if I'm being honest. In that, is the whole explanation. No evidence, all conjecture. So you can see why actual folklorists get irritated when wannabe historians looking to have some fun state it as fact. It's incredibly irresponsible and there's two pretty huge flaws with the theory. Firstly, it follows a belief that I've seen posted many places online, but never directly from a folklore expert that in the days of old, people made up codified rhymes to pass news. But personally, I don't believe that because it doesn't seem like it'd be very effective. Hey neighbor, did you hear the news? Hey fella, no I didn't, what's up? The three blind mice, man, they chased the farmer's wife around until she finally had enough and cut off their tails. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? Queen Mary, she finally executed the three priests who refused to convert back to Catholicism. Why wouldn't you just say that then? You wasted so much time. Sorry, I was just trying to speak in code so no one knew what we were talking about. You do realize that we live in the 1500s and the royal family doesn't have microphones planted all over the kingdom, right? What are microphones? 
Yeah, but for some reason, Albert Jack says that it becomes obvious after some research that that's what they were used for. It seems to me like that was a conclusion that he personally reached and was hoping his readers wouldn't second guess, but I'm not buying it. I might if he had a source for that information, but he doesn't, so I don't. Secondly, if the rhyme existed back in the 1500s, it was likely the same one that Thomas Ravenscroft included in his melody collection from 1609, which had that unintelligible last line. Why would the tales being cut off be part of the theory at all if that wasn't in the original rhyme? And how does the original last line fit in the theory? Well, the author has a backup explanation. He claims it means the farmer's wife licked the entrails off the knife, but it's worth noting that he's the only one I've seen say that. Well, him and people who cited him because they didn't do their due diligence. To me, it doesn't seem like that line had anything to do with the mice at all, but rather the farmer's wife injured herself with the knife while running from them. Another interpretation I found was that Dame Julian and his wife were the mice. Wouldn't that be a trip? Look, I hate to shit on yet another theory about a nursery rhyme's origins because I've done that for three episodes in a row now, but when I see misleading BS like this being touted as fact, I've gotta call it out. It's irritating, honestly. Like, I know that nursery rhymes may not be a subject that everybody takes seriously, but it's history, and you can't just rewrite it so that your asinine theories make sense. I'm sorry to say that the most likely explanation for what this rhyme means is nothing. Similar to Ring Around the Rosie, it's a nonsense song that's just fun to sing and easy to remember, especially for children. Now, if for some reason you want it to be about the torture and execution of priests when you sing it, that's totally fine. I can't stop you. Just don't go around saying that is what inspired the song's creation like it's a proven fact because that would make you a liar. Though I guess that's not as bad as writing an entire book about it and charging people money to read your lies. Anyway, that will do it for the messed up origins of Three Blind Mice. If you don't know, now you know. Thank you all for tuning in to the Messed Up Origins podcast. We're posting episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So don't forget to sacrifice the five-star and follow buttons to the algorithm gods to make sure they bless your feed with more mythological and folklore content. If you have any thoughts on this episode you'd like to share, like if you really enjoyed it or are dying to correct my pronunciation of something, hit me up under the Messed Up Origins handles on Twitter and Instagram. And to those who are craving more Messed Up Origins, feel free to check out other episodes of the podcast or look up my YouTube channel called John Solo to experience the original episodes complete with visual aids and custom-made artwork. Until next time, Solo fam, my name is John Solo, and don't forget, John shot first.